calling all married couples. Running a successful business takes a lot of effort and can steal precious time away from your spouse. How do you protect your marriage from the stress of business? Get Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. Go to thetandembook.com and pick up your copy today. Welcome to The Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today, I'm chatting with Jackie Kendall. In addition to being a dear friend, she is a certified executive coach, consultant, and facilitator. She's the CEO of Kendall Evolve, where she helps leaders and companies to build thriving organizations with diversity, equity, and inclusion as the anchor. The part of Boost we tackle is secure thought leadership space. Hey, Jackie, welcome to the Boost podcast. Thank you, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Likewise, likewise. And so for folks who are hearing your name for the very first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Jackie Kendall, and I currently reside in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, recently from California uh, by way of Maryland, D.C. area. So I do executive coaching, um, consulting around organizational culture and DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion and ton of facilitation and workshops. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for that. And I know you and I recently had a conversation, all things coaching. And you know, what's interesting is oftentimes folks will use coaching and mentoring synonymously, but I know there's a difference between like, what are the difference? What's the difference between those two? And how can we help people to understand that there is a difference because they do use them interchangeably? Sure. That's a great question. And you're right. They are used often interchangeably, but they're very different. So mentoring is is someone who has uh, expertise that the person being mentored is seeking to get knowledge of, get support, maybe even learn. So the mentor very much takes on the role of training, teaching, advising, and really helping to bring someone um, up to speed, if you will, help them build skill around a particular area. So that's a mentor. And I believe everyone needs at least one mentor, right? Uh, coaching is different in that if you're a certified coach, you're approaching it from a place of inquiry. We believe that the human being, um, every human is a whole person. They're creative in their own right. They know themselves better than we do. Um, our role is to really to be a thought partner. Our role is to ask questions that require them to think maybe more deeply mm -hmm. than they typically do. Our, our role is to help them really see the future and figure out how they want to get there. But it's a much a uh, less directive approach than mentoring. So, you know, the best coaches really primarily are asking thought-provoking questions and helping the person find their way with our support. And so when you think of coaching, what are some of the benefits of coaching? Because I know you mentioned that everyone should have a mentor. I'd imagine as a coach, 
as a certified coach, you probably also believe that folks should give strong consideration to having a coach. So what are some of those benefits that people can anticipate by engaging with someone as a coach? Sure. And, you know, I I do believe that we need a coach at different periods in our lives. So one of the benefits is clarity. So I'll use myself as an example. I am a certified coach. And when I was going through my coach training, I realized I need a coach Mm -hmm. because I realized there are some um, limiting beliefs that I had been harboring for a long time. And when you sit down and you're focusing on yourself and your coach is there with you, asking you the deep questions, asking you the questions that get you to be real and honest with yourself, it's surprising what comes out. And so you're able to not only identify beliefs that are holding you back, but also really to help get yourself inspired to move past those beliefs, to identify perhaps what fears are underneath there Mm -hmm. and work through it. Um, It also can help to be very affirming. So when you're talking with someone and you crack the code, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, you walk away with a sense of confidence that maybe you didn't have, especially if you're working with a coach to kind of help you figure out where to go next. If you're stuck and you realize, ah, I figured it out. I'm no longer stuck. I really, it's so clear now. That's, those are some of the benefits of working with a coach. And so because you, uh, you mentioned something about a, a good coach is um, sort of inquiry based. And so you're leading a person to their own self discovery. How do you manage? Because I think also some of us that are wired in a way where it's like, I had the answer for you. How do you resist the urge in that process of giving answers if the goal is really for the person to really lean into their own self-discovery to come up with the answers? Lots of training and lots of practice are the first (laughs) things that I'll say. (laughs) For me, you know, my background is in human resources Mm -hmm. and organization development and, you know, a lot of internal consulting. Mm -hmm. And it was a muscle that I had to develop to not just dole out advice. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, Kelly, there are times where people that I'm coaching will ask for ideas. And I'm always willing to say, well, before I share my ideas, what are, what are your ideas? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I might say, well, here are some things other leaders, because I primarily work with leaders. Mm-hmm. Here are some things that other leaders have tried that have that seem to be successful. And I'll list a few. I'll ask them. And that generally gets their thoughts going. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask them to share you know, additional insights or ideas they have. And then they get to decide which of those options resonate, Mm -hmm. if at all. And if there is something that resonates, they decide what they want to do with that moving forward. So I've contributed, but I'm also allowing them to decide, okay, oh, of all those things, yeah, I really am inspired by this particular one. Mm -hmm. Got it. And now, and you, you mentioned that along the way, as you were getting your certification, you, in fact, yourself were like, yeah, I need a coach. 
And so I'd imagine some things came out of even you going through the process where perhaps you identified your coaching superpowers. Or So what are some of those things that you think are your um, particular superpowers? Ooh, that's a good question. So for me, I am able to, and this may seem, seem sort of cliche, but it really is honestly deep down what I feel. I'm able to see people's greatness even when they can't see it Mm -hmm. and help them to see it. Mm -hmm. I'm able to connect with people and build rapport and build trust pretty quickly, which is really important when you're working with a coach. Mm -hmm. Like I want people to, to get on a, cause most of it's zoom. I want people to get on a zoom call and feel like one, I'm there for them Mm -hmm. and I hear them and I see them and I care about them. So those are some of the things that I hear from clients in terms of uh, feedback about the experience coaching with me. And so let's talk a bit about your process. So what what is your coaching process or, or methodology? What does that look like? Sure. So because coaching is focused on growth and change, we know human behavior, human behavior um, it takes time to grow and change, yeah. especially if we're adopting new habits, mm-hmm. right? And so in terms of, you know, one part of my process is each engagement is a minimum of six months okay? because we start off with dreaming a bit. Where do you want to go? What are your long-term goals? Uh, where are you now? building that self-awareness mm-hmm. and we can spend two months getting really clear about strengths, getting really clear about, you know, dreams, goals, desires, purpose, um, getting really clear about current state. Mm-hmm. And then we begin, usually there's an assessment. If I work with a leader, feedback is critical. Mm-hmm. And the higher up you go in an organization, the less feedback you receive generally. So I love to do some type of uh, feedback assessment, whether it's a 360 instrument mm-hmm. or interviews, interviewing, you know, some of their key constituents, finding out, you know, what are their superpowers? Um, what could they do differently uh, to be an even better version of themselves, be an even better leader? So that's, you know, that's a couple of months right there. Mm-hmm. And then we're designing the future. We're creating goals. We're creating action steps. And then we begin to put some of that in practice. What am I doing this week differently than what I've done, you know, last, last time we met, um, trying different practices. Maybe there are some books that they read videos. I have tons of tools and resources depending on what their goals are and what they come in identifying as a need. Now, in your opinion, what have you seen, like how has COVID impacted the work of coaches? Like I'd imagine, um, you know, there was this great awakening, if you will. I feel like because there was such a dramatic loss in this country, in the world, just with, um, with people in their, just their own existence, let's say, was there, do you feel like COVID uh, caused a, a an enlargement of the opportunity for coaches, executive coaches in particular, um, 
because I'm just curious around, you know, it seems like COVID touched, it, it, like it impacted everything that we have done. And I'm just curious to know if you saw an increase perhaps of um, coaching opportunities because of there was this self-awareness or this desire to have greater self-awareness maybe. Uh, I'm just curious about your take on that. Yes, I would say absolutely in two ways. So one, more people created space for themselves, Mm. right? What do I want out of life? Mm -hmm. What am I doing here? How can I work with my team more effectively now that we're, we're all virtual? You name it. People had more space to think about it and to decide and recognize that they needed support. So I did get a lot more uh, inquiries for coaching. My coaching business probably increased at least 25% mm. in terms of the overall pie. Mm-hmm. And it's continuing to do so. Mm-hmm. So that was one way that I saw coaching shift. The other shift was with the, you know, social injustice Mm -hmm. with the murders of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and the spotlight on the racism. Mm -hmm. I began to get more requests from Black women. Mm -hmm. They wanted to work with a Black female coach. Mm -hmm. And that had not been as explicit before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do coaching in some women in leadership programs and different programs for women uh, in leadership. And typically you submit your bio and they pick, you know, from a group of coaches. Mm -hmm. And I knew sometimes I was selected because someone identified with me, another woman of color, Mm -hmm. right? But I didn't have any real data. Mm -hmm. Well, what started happening Last year and the year before is I would get requests from organizations that perhaps did not have a diverse bench Mm -hmm. of coaches. And they would say flat out, I have a client. um, She's looking for a black woman coach. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, wondering if, if you and, you know, they would typically people will interview a couple of coaches before they select. Okay. If you would be interested in being, you know, a coach. And I respect that because coaching is a relationship. It's a partnership. And, you know, it really helps to know that the person that you're working with identifies with you in some way. You share some aspect of identity. And the other thing that, albeit painful a lot of times, was, you know, the shared experiences around racism at work, Mm, inequity at work, and them feeling like they had a safe space to go to work through some of the challenges, whether it be microaggressions or, you know, more overt um, instances that were happening at work. So there would be times where it was really challenging for me to keep my coaching head on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes I wanted to say, uh, you might want to find another job. That place sounds crazy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think, you know, yeah. yeah. What would also be interesting to know, because since you talked about this, um, the increase in the intentionality for women of color in particular to seek out other women of color to receive coaching, it would it's I would be wondering if there was also an instance where you had um, 
women or men who are not people of color, but who are supervising or leading people leaders of largely diverse populations Mm -hmm. of people who are seeking out coaches who are diverse coaches in an attempt to get better support and understanding around their own, whether it's bias or just how they can more effectively lead a diverse team. Have you seen any of that come through in conversations? I've seen a little bit of that on the coaching side, much more on the consulting and the learning and development side Mm -hmm. uh, than I have on the coaching side. There's a need for it all, right? Because we can only working, whether it's, you know, doing one-on-one coaching with a woman of color, or if it's, you know, workshops, their experience, they don't have the power if they're, if they report to anyone else, Mm -hmm. they don't have the power to really um, see the change all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so the leaders absolutely need coaching and need, you know, learning around Mm -hmm. how to, how do I lead a team that is diverse in a way that's equitable and inclusive? Yeah, It can be, you know, I've had people that I coach say, wow, so I wish my manager had you as a coach or a coach in general, mm-hmm. because there's so many things that I'm learning that my manager doesn't even do. And that's that's general across, you know, foundational leadership practices, as well as um, leading inclusively and equitably. So mm-hmm. there's a need, okay. there's a big need. And I think part of the issue is, in a lot of in a lot of organizations, the higher up you go, the more there is the expectation that you know how to do it already. Right. Yeah. You don't. You know. Yeah. You don't need to learn how to lead. Sure. Maybe you need a coach to help you figure out how to be a CEO because you're a new CEO, or you know, maybe you're trying to get promoted and you want a coach to help you sort of, you know, round out your your impact, but. The higher up you get, the harder it is for people to raise their hand and say, I don't really know how to lead this team. Mm -hmm. Most of the people in this team, you know, we have lots of differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jackie. So question for you. You have your coach's toolkit. You can only pick one resource. What is the one resource you pick? Ooh, that's tough. The <laughs> first thing that comes to mind, though, is all the things in the toolkit related to emotional and social intelligence, mm-hmm. building emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. empathy, self-awareness, you know, relationship management, decision making, dealing with um, impulse control, dealing with our emotions. That would be it, because a lot of people can have one incident of an outburst mm-hmm. and it impact their career. Yeah. Um, people remember that versus all the good things that you've done. And so emotional intelligence is usually somewhere in the journey when I work with a, with a, with a leader. Awesome. And if someone is listening in and they're like, Hey, I need that. I need a coach in my life. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, they can email me. Jackie at KindleEvolve.com, K-I-N-D-A-L-L, Evolve, E-V-O-L-V-E.com. That's probably the best way. Or they can go to my website and there's a way to connect with me on the website, which is KindleEvolve.com. Awesome. And all that information will also be in the show notes. And Jackie, thank you so much 
for your time today and just sharing your wisdom with us. And we wish you extraordinary success as you continue to contribute towards human flourishing. Thank you so much. I love human flourishing. I'm going to have to use that. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure you look, just make sure you give me credit, girl. Give me credit (laughs) in the tagline there. (laughs) Good stuff. The Boost Podcast serves an energetic community of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals who are growth-minded. If you, your business, or organization would like to share your service, product, or expertise with the Boost Podcast community, contact Kelly Leonard. Email kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Again, that's kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 